You're listening to South Florida's Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. We are This is Gene Hilton from Spirit of Prophecy Ministries, inviting you to join me each week on Saturday at 12 noon to our program, Raising the Standard. I will be raising the standard of biblical interpretation regarding Rosh Hashanah and the Messianic Kingdom to come with a Jewish Messianic perspective. Tune in and allow the Spirit of Prophecy to touch and change your life. Hello, this is Richard Steyer from All Florida Investigations and Security Services. Today, in the American Christian Church, we have come under increasing threats from those who want to do harm to our church and family. In the United States, we are guaranteed the right to worship our God and to gather in the name of Jesus. We must never shrink back from our God-given rights. However, it has become apparent in today's society the need for common-sense security procedures for our places of worship. All Florida Investigations and Security Services will provide free security assessments for your worship location. We provide armed and unarmed security personnel, code red active shooter training, staff evaluations and screening, as well as security consulting for any location. We can be reached at 772-595-5335. That's 772-595-5335 or check us out on the web at securityinflorida.com. Thank you, and God bless. The Revealing Truth Radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hey, Billy, what you doing next Saturday? Nothing. Why do you ask, Justin? I wanted to invite you to my housewarming party. I'd love to come. How were you able to afford a home? You've always rented just like me. A friend told me about Ed Myers. Who? Ed Myers. He's a realtor with Century 21 All Professional. Ed told me about a great financing program for first-time buyers. What program? Well, if you're a first-time buyer or haven't owned a home in the last three years, you could qualify for up to $10,000 in down payment assistance and move into a home with little money of your own. With home prices and interest rates going up, there's no better time to buy a home than now, and no more landlord. This sounds like something I need to check out. What's Ed Meyer's number? 772-342-0047. What's that again? 772-342-0047. I'm calling Ed Meyer's today. Maybe you could come to my housewarming party soon. I'll be there. Training us up in the way we should go. Consider a school where children learn to love, where learning is inspired, reading is an adventure, where pupils have time for creativity, math, and logic, where respect is modeled like please and thank you, where truth is taught along with history and literature, where innovation and leadership are fostered as college and careers are planned. That's the future of a Golden Rule Academy pupil. Learn more at goldenruleacademy.net. This is Pastor Tony Foster from Restoration Worship Center in Greenwood, South Carolina. 
I am coming to Fort Pierce, Florida, to the Truth Church with my good friends, Pastor Jason Baumgartner, to the Voice of Prophecy Power Conference, October the 7th at 7 p.m. I'm looking forward to being with you guys. I believe it's gonna be an awesome move of the Holy Spirit. I believe the word of prophecy, the word of wisdom, and the word of knowledge will flow in power. So you don't wanna miss it. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. If you do have your Bibles with you, I will be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3. And verse 1, and then Genesis, I have a lengthy portion of scripture that we're going to be reading today in Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse 16 through verse 33. We will have those up on the screen, so if you don't have your word, just uh, you can look up here. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says this, and I'll be reading in the New Living Translation. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. How many of you have found that to be true? I mean, it's difficult out there. Come on, amen. Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse 16. The story of Abraham and his nephew Lot. He just got through having the promise renewed in his life. And God is beginning to bring judgment on a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. It starts in verse 16. It says, Then the men got up from their meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have signaled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. Verse 20 says, So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry. Somebody say, great outcry. I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away? and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, since I have begun, let me ask, speak further, my Lord. Even though I am but dust and ashes, suppose there are only 45 righteous people rather than 50. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. And Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. The Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of 40. Please don't be angry, my Lord. Abraham pleaded, let me speak, suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. 
And Abraham said, Since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only twenty. The Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of twenty. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. If I speak one more time, suppose there are only found ten, only ten are found there. The Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. My assignment this morning is to answer this question. How do we become motivators in the midst of so much brokenness? How do we become motivators in a world that is so lost? How do we become motivators when everything that we see going on around us makes us want to stand on the sideline and let it slip away? Paul said this to Timothy. As the, as the culture continues to shift and become less godly and more perverted, this is what he said. How do you not become a motivator? How do you remain a bystander? How do you still motivate people in this kingdom of love? On May 31st, President Obama made the official proclamation that the month of June will be LGBT month. How many of you read that? Made a proclamation from the White House that the month, the entire month of June will be celebrated as LGBT month. And that as a nation, we're going to celebrate the diversity of every American living in this country so that everybody that identifies with the LGBT community can be celebrated for their contributions to society and their diversity. Hmm? How many of you know this morning that our job as kingdom ambassadors becomes very complicated when the very people that are so full of brokenness, the very people that need the love of the Father are celebrated in society as a protected class? I mean, sometimes in the body of Christ, that can make you feel hopeless. It can make you feel like, what's the use? Come on, I got any help in here, amen? Most of the time, it feels like as the people of God, we should just sit back and be bystanders because the very people that we want to give the truth and love to have become very against the godly values and the morals that the body of Christ stands for. Sometimes we feel like, why even bother trying? Why don't we live in our church and live in our Christian bubble and let the world go the way of the world? So here's my question today again. How do you keep from being a bystander in the midst of so much brokenness? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the ability to preach and teach. God, I thank you for the anointing of God that's over this room today. Lord, I know there's people in this congregation sitting in this house today that are living in very broken places in their life. Father, you're the only one that can heal. You're the only one that can restore. Father, you can take the brokenness in the human condition and make us whole. Father, I pray today, not just for the broken people that hear my voice today, not just for the broken people that hear my voice throughout the internet and on TV, but Father, I pray for the broken people in this community, in this city, in this state, and in this nation. Father, I thank you, God, that you can touch them all with your power. Lord, let your anointing reign in this house today. Lord, straighten the course of our lives. Chart a new course in us that will cause us to live on fire for you, that will cause us not to be bystanders and teach us how to be motivators. Lord, I thank you for the anointing of God on your word today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. 
I'm aware that many of us in this house today, we got people in our family or we have friends and it could even be us today that live in a place of brokenness. If, if you're living in a place of wholeness, then the chances are that you have people that are in your life that are living in some broken places in their life. Most people that are in a place of brokenness cycle in and out of feelings of hopelessness. They cycle in and out of dysfunction. I want to tell you today that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. That was his mission from the very beginning. Amen. He did not come to condemn people to hell, but he came to heal them. And he is here today in this house. And he will meet you where you are and heal you where you're at. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. If you remember, if you're a student of history, you'll remember that just after the Great Depression in 1932, there was a presidential election and Franklin Delano Roosevelt was elected as president of the United States. He was also the only president that was ever elected to four consecutive terms as president. And uh, he, he had just taken the, the reins of president of the United States when our country was coming off of the heels of the largest financial collapse in the history of this nation. Amen. And he got up on his inaugural address to the nation, to a nation that was very hungry, a nation that was very destitute, a nation that was searching for answers, a nation that was looking for its soul and felt very hopeless. And this is what he said in his speech. He said, I am certain that my fellow Americans expect that on my induction into the presidency, I will address them with a candor and a decision which the present situation of our people impel. This is preeminently the time to speak the truth, the whole truth, frankly and boldly. Nor need we shrink from, the, from honestly facing conditions in our country today. This great nation will endure as it has endured, will revive and will prosper. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. I'm going to try that again. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. I mean, that's what God's calling us to do as a church, to not retreat but to advance. Come on, amen. Mm? And how many know if a politician can say that, then how much more ought the body of Christ be able to declare that because we got the power of the Holy Spirit, amen? Listen to me. The hope of America are not in the words of a politician. The hope of America is sitting in chairs and pews all across this nation today worshiping Jesus. Come on, help me somebody, amen. In this political atmosphere that we find ourselves in this year, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff coming from all the people that are running for president. And you have to decide who you believe and who you do not believe and who you support and who you're not going to support. you got to decide. But you better listen to me this morning. The hope of this nation does not depend on who occupies the White House. It doesn't depend on who occupies the State House. It doesn't depend on who occupies the halls of Congress. It depends on the power of God that resides in the people of God who are part of the family of God. That is the hope of the world. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
But what happens is, is we become fearful. We position ourselves in becoming bystanders. And when we do that, we forfeit our mission and we forfeit our purpose. And we live in a cultural Christian bubble. Hmm? And what happens is, is we get out in the world and we get intimidated over the progressiveness and the secular humanism that's out in the culture and we internalize our frustration and we sit around in church and don't do nothing but complain about how bad it is. Come on, amen. And when we do that, it becomes very easy to resent the very people that God is sending us to. To be frustrated with society. How many know it becomes easy to not want to love the people that condemn the church? People that think you're bigoted. People that think you're prejudiced. People that think you're nearsighted. How many know it becomes very easy for a believer not to want to have anything to do with people like that? Come on, huh? Hmm? Listen, there are, times in my own, there are times in my life when I got my own stuff going on and I got to look in the mirror and realize that there's brokenness going on in my own life. Come on, how many know we got some brokenness going on in our own life today, amen? And if I'm fearful to address them, how much more am I fearful to address my own issues? How much easier is it for me to bury my own stuff down deep and pretend like I ain't got to deal with anything? Come on, amen? I heard somebody say this one time. They said, there is nothing that God can't do. Well, you better hear me. There are some things that God cannot do. Come on. I said, yeah, what are you talking about? God can do anything he wants. No, God cannot forgive an unconfessed sin. Come on, help me somebody, amen? God cannot heal what is never acknowledged. If you can't admit you got a problem, you ain't getting healed from the problem. If you can't confess the sin, you ain't getting forgiven of the sin. Because what he's already provided cannot manifest in your life until you recognize that you need it to manifest in your life. You can't be born again unless you know you need to be born again. Praise the Lord. Amen. Mm? That means if you can't admit to God that you need help, you ain't never going to get the help that you need to become whole. If you don't know that you're not whole, then you won't know how to become whole. Praise the Lord. Mm? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, how many of you know this morning that we are the people of promise? Touch somebody and say, I'm the people of promise. Hmm? This church, this house, churches across this nation, people that believe on the name of Jesus, we are the people of promise. We got a promise over our life, amen? You say, Pastor, I think you're talking to somebody else. I can barely hang on. I can barely get through. My life is a mess. Everything's coming undone everywhere I look. Well, you better listen to me. No matter what is happening in your life, that does not change the fact that you are people of the promise. It does not undo what God has done. Come on, touch somebody and shout, I am the person of promise. Mm? It might not feel like it. It might not look like it. It might feel like everything in your life is going wrong and nothing's going right and everything that touches you rises up against you. Listen to me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper in every tongue that rises against you. My Bible says you will vindicate. Come on, somebody, amen. Romans 8, 28 says everything going on in your life is going to work to the good of you if you believe in God. That means I don't care how much hell you got going on. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what your mama said. If you put your trust and your faith in God today, ladies and gentlemen, it will work to your good. Praise the Lord. Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, you need to know this. Don't miss this. 
Difficult days are ahead of you, Timothy. Mm. Did you know in the day of Jeremiah the prophet, there were a group of prophets that were around? And Babylon was coming to take the children of Israel and drag them off into slavery. And watch this. Listen, this is going to stretch some of you this morning. God let it happen. God allowed it to happen. He allowed the children of covenant, the children of promise, the children of blessing that he had promised Abraham to be dragged off into slavery. And when these prophets came and prophesied, they prophesied good words. They prophesied that it wasn't going to be long. They were going to go into bondage for two years. Somebody shout two years. Hmm? And after two years, everything was going to be over and they were going to come back and then everything was going to be all right. But when you get to Jeremiah chapter 28 and 29, it says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Jeremiah, these men have prophesied out of their own reasoning and they ain't prophesied my word. And because they have prophesied out of their own reasoning and prophesied out of their own spirit, it ain't going to be two years, it's going to be 70 years. It ain't going to be a short-term trip to slavery. Come on, amen. Now when you hear that, you recognize this morning that two years in bondage is a whole lot different than 70 years in bondage. Come on, huh? Just about anybody can make it two years. But 70 years is a whole generation and a half of people. That means people were going to be born into Babylon and people were going to die in Babylon. Come on, huh? He said it's going to be 70 years. And when, and, and when you tell the people that it's going to be 70 years and it's not going to be two years, what you do is you take a yoke that would have been wood and you've turned it into a yoke of iron. Come on, huh? You doubled the bondage of what they thought was going to happen to them. And it's a whole lot more than they can bear. You should have just told them it was going to be 70 years right up front. Hmm? I'm going to challenge you this morning. Because we got a lot of people believing for revival. I hear people in church, if we could just get back to the 1950s. If we could just get back to the good old days where they had prayer in the school. And there was revivals going on and people was turning. We were somewhat of a Christian nation. Most of the people believed in God. And every town was like Mayberry and had, and had Andy Griffith who was the sheriff and Don Knotts running around making everybody laugh. Just the good old days. Listen to me. That is not realistic. Come on, amen. Because even then it wasn't the good old days. Because while Andy and, and, and Barney were running around over in, in, in Mayberry, people were still up on the side of a mountain having free love, free sex, and dropping LSD. There was still a parallel culture that was going to hell. It wasn't necessarily the good old days. It was just the old days. Praise the Lord. Amen. But if you got it in your head that God's going to take the church back to the 50s or the 60s or the 70s, and, and if you've been watching the news, all you hear on, the, on, on one side of this political spectrum is, is we got to get back to the time of Reagan. Let me help you. It ain't going to happen. Reagan is dead. Come on, amen. And whoever is prophesying that is prophesying you into even more bondage. It ain't two years, it's 70 years. Come on, amen. The reality is God is not trying to take us back anywhere. He's trying to take us forward into the promise that he's given to this country. He's trying to take you to a place of your destiny, a place of your purpose, where you can meet the people that are broken in your life and give them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m., right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981, and ask for your free copy of The Love of the Father. To pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Access Able Designs and owner Alan Garrett for their underwriting support of this week's program. Hello, my name is Alan Garrett, and I'm the owner of Access Able Designs. A diving accident 31 years ago changed my life physically in a way that left me quadriplegic. However, 15 years ago, I dove into Jesus Christ, which changed my life spiritually forever. The combination of the two have given me the unique opportunity to help others. At Access Able Designs, we offer a creative line of bathroom accessibility products, such as folding shower and bathtub benches, as well as our exclusive patented toilet transfer bench. Our products are commercial grade, stainless steel construction, and built to last. They're also available in custom sizes. Our line of ADA compliant swimming pool lifts are a big seller with hotels, commercial properties, and homeowners. Our products can be seen at accessabledesigns.com as well as my personal life story. I look forward to hearing from you. For more information, you can contact us at 877-853-7816. That number again is 877-853-7816. The Revealing Truth Radio Broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support.